0: From Noble Robot on East Hennepin Avenue in Signposted, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Ellen
1: Burns Johnson, and I make nice games.
0: I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Mark LaCroix, I too make nice games. For this week's episode, our topics are branding and iconography, and the ethics of engagement. And so, if everyone is ready, let's start. <laughs>
2: Stop um, that! <laughs> I'm just, I'm just ripping the bandit off. All right, okay. Who turned the
0: lights off in the clubhouse? Oh, it's so scary. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, like, Halloween is. <laughs> Halloween has passed. I think by the time this episode's coming out, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't not. No math. Who could say? And also, who cares? That's what I want to say. <laughs> Taking a stand. Halloween sucks. Uh, no. It's basically got nothing for me. <laughs> no, I'm Andy. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't... Okay, so I have a peanut allergy, so I can't eat most of the candy. I hate being scared. I don't particularly care about wearing costumes. Um, The only thing I like about Halloween is something that everybody dislikes, which is candy corn. So...
1: (laughs) We talked about this. I also like candy corn. That's true, and
0: I appreciate that. So we can
1: can get some good candy corn and we'll share
0: it. But every time I bring that up, people are like, what? You like candy corn? And it just makes me feel even worse about the holiday. (laughs) So... (laughs)
2: that's where i'm at <laughs> okay
1: all
0: right.
2: well i mean you don't need to take all the heat yourself i also hate Halloween. yes <laughs> uh because okay. I, I also don't like dressing up mm-hmm. and because i'm a diabetic and have been since i was 11 mm-hmm. a candy does nothing for me right. yeah. yeah i mean i can eat it but i can't like going i did go trick-or-treating as a kid yeah. even after i was diagnosed because it's what you did and my parents didn't prevent me from doing it mm-hmm. but then i had all the, this huge bag full of a reminder of my disease oh god oh. it was it was real rough yeah. and uh, like and as an adult people associate halloween with drinking
0: yeah oh, <laughs> which yeah. i also
2: don't do mm-hmm. so i don't know i just it's good but i also don't like scary movies and yeah. you know yeah so it's just it's uh bleh. but you <laughs> yeah. know so many people like it and like right. it in like a wholesome way that it's hard for me to be the hum- humbug the way i am about many of the things well, i can then that's my job <laughs> yeah um uh- <laughs> But, like, if, the, if it's like your it. thing, go for it, yeah. but not for me.
0: Yeah.
1: I like the idea of Halloween. Mm-hmm. I love thinking about costumes, and then I never do them. There you go. <laughs> way too lazy to do yeah. anything mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I, I'm thinking about maybe getting some of those inflatable dinosaur costumes so I could, like, surprise my nephews. Yeah. Oh, that could fun. be dinosaurs and, like... Low
2: effort, high impact, that yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I
1: probably won't do it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like, that would be really cool, but I probably won't.
2: hmm Dale has gotten pretty good at doing pretty effective costume for like work parties and stuff mm-hmm. uh last year she made a um an n7 uh jacket mm-hmm. uh, like, uh with like felt markers and and puffy paint and it looks great yeah, yeah. That's, I <laughs> and remember. then and i'm like dale are you sure you can't just look and you could probably buy and buy one and she's like no i'm gonna make one and then she made one and it looks exactly like one you could buy that's mm-hmm. so cool and then this year she bought, bought a bunch of um uh, narrow pool noodle type material and she's gonna go as clippy Make oh. a she got giant googly eyes and everything. Yeah, pretty adorable. That's brilliant! Oh my gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, when uh, when I worked at. Um, a different company than I work at now. Wow! Mm-hmm. And uh, we did Halloween stuff. I wanted to do like a casual cosplay kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Some people really got dressed up. Like, yeah, we had like Darth Vaders and all people kinds take of stuff. it
0: very seriously.
1: they Had a good time, I think. Okay. Um, but like, we did some everyday cosplay stuff. Just like you, you know, like uh, I dressed up as May from *Night in the Woods*. So mm-hmm. it was just like the t-shirt that she wore and like some boots, and then I wore just like cat ears. Oh, mm-hmm. that's fun. You know, yeah. but like nothing. I didn't wear whiskers or anything like that. Yeah, that's that's fun to do. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But also, like, that's the amount of effort that I can put in, like, order a T-shirt and draw a circle on it. Yeah. And get some cat ears.
0: There you go. <laughs> yeah. I uh, don't. It's cool.
1: <laughs> we'll do candy
2: corn.
0: Okay. Yeah, candy corn. <sighs> All right. Uh, we also played Star Trek Ascendancy. Heck yeah, we um, did. Yesterday? You said it like
2: it was a question. Well,
0: no. it's, it's been, it, it, was long. it was yesterday. I know. It was long and I'm still recovering
1: a little. Yeah. <laughs> 24 hours ago, you guys were still playing. It.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think we've talked about it on the show before, but Star Trek Ascendancy is like a 4X game set in the Star Trek universe. Yeah. It's a board game. Um, it's a board game, yes. Um, And it's been a while since we played it. We had played it. The last time we played it was like a couple year or two ago online. We played it on um, Tabletop Simulator because there was a mod for that. Um, but we played it in person, um, you know, the actual board game. And there's some new, um, I just want to call it DLC, but that's not how it's called. <laughs> They're not called that <laughs> board games, expansions. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it went well, I guess. We didn't end up actually finishing the game because it will still take it too long. Yeah, um, we played
2: for like seven and a half hours. Yeah. And we had like a lunch break, but, but- no, it was longer no, than that because yeah. we stopped at eight thirty and we started. At, yeah. Well, I guess we started at like yeah, we started noon. We, didn't start at noon. we didn't yeah. like
1: gathered at eleven thirty, and then Mark, you did like a spiel to kind of tutorialize everything. Yeah. I think we started playing in earnest at about noon, but yeah, okay. mm-hmm. yeah when I checked in because I I took off at about five thirty, mm-hmm. so that was five and a half hours in, <laughs> and then you guys were still playing a couple hours later mm-hmm. when I checked in with Dale, and then I think she sent me a text at around like eight or eight thirty saying you guys had just decided. That she won. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's it's uh, famously a long board game, mm-hmm. and I think the group we play with, because we're all designers, yeah, we we tend to there's more table talk, so the game takes a little longer with us. Yeah, Probably, and I will say, me in particular, I would gamble. Mm. What we did was is uh, normally a three player game, but there are up to, there are nine different uh, species you could play as from the Star Trek yeah. universe, and yep. so you could play a nine player game. You can. The, the rules were always designed to let you play bigger and bigger, mm-hmm. but it, it's almost it's it's absurd. Like you need you need six pool tables, <laughs> like to a, a surface area. <laughs> yeah, just not no space to play with nine nine people. Yeah. And so, um, we did a four uh, a species a four faction game, mm-hmm. but we played with in teams of two um uh i played alone but everybody else in the team so we had had seven people i played by myself too. oh that's right yeah Mm -hmm. so we had six people and then we had people bouncing in and out of the day a little bit and kind of joining teams and leaving them um and among them like four of them were new players yeah Mm -hmm. um but one of the things i I, I was reminded about this game is another reason i love it um is that it actually is pretty easy to pick up yeah um weirdly both uh, yeah you, you were saying this It's like it just it once you once you're told a thing once, it fits in really well. Well,
1: I don't know if it's like just because it's built so it, – it, it just aligns so well with the Star Trek lore mm-hmm. um, because there's I, – I am not a you, but there <laughs> still is a good bit of Star Trek lore in my yes. head. Mm-hmm. So because it lines up with like the abilities and that kind of the lore really well, mm-hmm. it maybe it's just easier to pick up because I've got like existing structures. But I don't think that's necessarily it, right? Like I it just really seems to manage – the information really well yeah. Um, using the pieces that are on the table. And so you don't have to keep all the bits and bobs in your head. Yeah. What you can do is you can focus on your strategy yeah. and you can try to look at and see what, what's going on with other people. And so you're only ever really like quickly get to a point as a new player where you can consider the most relevant information at the point when you need to consider it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that really comes down to just really great design of inform- like information.
2: Yeah. It's really cool. One of the reasons I don't like board games that are extremely dense um, and crunchy is because you inevitably run up against that problem where you have to keep so many things in your head. Yeah. And and it, it has to become like a dedicated hobby for you to even play at it, play yeah. well. Uh-huh. And And so I think it's challenged by this game because it is pretty, it's not as dense as some, as the most complicated of these types. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it it goes a lot further than I would have guessed because it does such a great job of letting you keep one thing in your head at a time. Um, and things, it very, it's sequenced very well. And and so many of the pieces logically fit together, not just for the lore, but I think for mechanically, a lot of it just sort of like, oh, of course it works that way. Yeah. Uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then there's always a couple little places where you had to look in the rule book or whatever, but yeah, um, it it challenges my sort of ideology of like, of of that of of you inevitably hitting that wall mm-hmm. because maybe that's not as true maybe it's just really hard not to yeah you know yeah yeah
1: also little ships flying around yeah <laughs> and when you go into warp you could go Whoa.
2: yeah yes. No one actually did that.
1: Oh, I did.
0: Oh, okay. I
2: didn't <laughs> hear your it. breath. You need to do it louder. We yeah. were
1: across the table from each other.
0: That's probably You were yeah, way I out
2: know.
1: in the Gamma Quadrant. Right. Yeah. That's so
2: true. I played Steven the Dominion. Steven played as the Dominion, yeah. and uh, he came streaming through the wormhole, mm-hmm. destroyed my outpost on Bajor. It was pretty sad. Gasp. And, really? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then tried to uh, establish a home base for Alpha Quadrant, Jem'Hadar, yeah. on Andor, Yeah. but we all stopped him. <laughs> yeah. I, um, it's wait, just like the show.
1: It was you? What? what do you mean it
0: was Yeah,
2: you, Steven invaded your home homeworld.
0: Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, we're gonna have words later, right? and, then,
2: and then and then the Klingons did. Yeah. Basically everybody And was then all Steven did this. again. Yeah.
1: I mean we were winning for most of the game, so I guess we had a target. <laughs> Dale, Dale and I teamed up. Yeah. And
2: Dale's yeah. very good at board games too, so like yeah, I, I think next time we play, I'm gonna play with Dale so that I have a chance.
1: <laughs> no, I okay. want to play with Deal so I win again.
2: <laughs> nope, you're stuck with me now, Helen.
1: No, it's okay. I want to play the Cardassians.
2: Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. I'm nice. committed.
1: I'm, I have no idea if that's a good idea. I just <laughs> like the Cardassians.
2: Yeah, cool. Because you're a fascist sympathizer. I, I get it.
1: <laughs> oh, <goodness. laughs> I just really like Taylors. <laughs> 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 that's great. Uh, what are we here to talk about? Game development. Uh-huh. Not Star Trek. No. Right.
2: I mean, very close second.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's probably like a balance. Mm-hmm,
2: yeah. <laughs> I, and I'm that balance.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mark has a topic. I yes, do
2: have a topic. My topic today is branding and iconography. And this is something that I've definitely talked about on the show before. Oh, yeah. In some capacity. But I didn't even bother going back and check how I did because this is a different, slightly different angle on it. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is a really really more focused on the branding part. On okay. the Because, like, I mean, you you can draw an icon, you can make your, your logo. Yeah. Like, there's lots of resources on how to do that right. Um, but I think branding is what is, what, how the relationship you have with your, the iconography you use, the phrasing you use, mm. the name of your game, and the content of your game. Okay. And so I think branding as a topic is a little bit like, oh, that's just marketing BS, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm indie, I'm above all that. Yeah. And, uh, I mean maybe you're above all that in the sort of most cynical way, mm-hmm. but you still are doing that yeah. whether you know it or not. And so having an understanding of how it works, I think is very helpful. Cause it helps people get an idea of what your game is. Yeah. is right? And now. I think it's really easy to be like, Oh, the idea I have is going to be hard to explain. It's like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. If you can boil it down to something that is smaller, that is easier to explain. Yeah. Then that becomes the invitation into the larger, harder to explain thing. Yeah. And so it, you're it's okay to have something complicated or unique or, or, or challenging, mm-hmm. but your branding, your logo, all of that stuff, the name of your game, all that is the doorway into that stuff. Yeah. And, so, and that doesn't mean that all that stuff also needs to be complicated and hard to parse right. if your game is complicated and hard to parse. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of this is ultimately up to you because you decide with your how you present it in the world, you decide who you want to attract. Yeah. Right? And who you're not interested in their attention. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, now I think as game developers I think we also sometimes just have the feeling of like I I would like anyone to play my game mm-hmm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to say yeah I don't when when the like know your audience do market research all that stuff that is all true right but I don't think it's terrible for for an indie developer to say. I just want people to play my game. I yeah. think that's, you do need to do some research and you just see who is likely to play your game based on what you're putting out in the world. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to target your game at everybody. That doesn't mean a failure of preparation exactly. Yeah. Um, but you do still need to do some of that preparation. Yeah. So maybe that's on the margins of what I'm talking about. But mm. um. so the first thing, uh, i will been talking about branding for your game, but also for your your studio, for yourself, because that's important too. Um. But the first thing you want is a name for your game. Right, yeah. And, oh. And so I think there are different schools of thought on this. Uh Some are like, you want that early so it can guide the development of the project. Mm -hmm. um, So you know what it is. And sometimes it's like, pick a dumb names that you're not going to use. You'll fall in love with, but it's so terrible. You can't use it. And that way you will eventually, as you develop your game and iterate, you'll find what it truly is. And then you can give it a name. I think both those, uh, techniques are fine yeah okay i I don't i don't do the second one i do the first one Uh i tend to come up with a name for a thing have a concept for it and then that is the inspiration that helped me build it
0: you know i guess that's why i do it too now i think about it i I came up with rhythm rumble i was like oh i have this idea for a rhythm fighting game what would be a good name for it rhythm rumble boom Um, (laughs) so yeah i think i don't i think it's to me it feels like a trap to think of Uh, To think of a silly name or whatever and then come back to it years later because then you'll yeah I think you'll get attached to that name and it'll be hard to remove yourself from thinking of the game in that way
2: well it comes down to what is interesting to you as a creator because I think um, this is why I don't say prescribe the method I do it as the right way to do it because A lot of times people don't, they, you come to it from different angles, right? It's mm-hmm. in any piece of media, especially something that's multidisciplinary like video games. Yeah. You might come up with like, oh, I, lo- I want to have a game with this animation style, but you don't know what genre it is. You don't know what, you don't know anything else about it. Yeah. That is a perfectly fine place to start. You can start with a ton of unknowns. Mm-hmm. You can start from like, oh, I want to make a game that like when you look at it, it's like almost monochrome, mostly blue. Like that is like nothing that, that gives you nothing about your game. Yeah. But it, you can start with that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. So <laughs> I feel the same way about branding. It's like you can start with like, this is going to be, you know, I'm just going to give it code name, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, it does mean that this process is going to have to happen later yeah. and you're going to be like cornered into it a little bit. But I
0: suppose that makes it easier to come up with it because you've restricted yourself in a lot of ways. Right. It's yeah. Where, where do you put your constraints? Right. Cause yeah.
2: uh, decisions need to flow from decisions. Yeah. And so it's you just decide what decisions you make first. But okay. um. so, but just to be to for for context, I come from it where I usually come up with this stuff pretty early. Sure, uh, I, and if I do change it, it's because the idea has changed so much. Yeah. right. It, it does take a lot to sort of knock me off that perch a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the key to a name is that it does communicate what it is. Yeah, and I think a lot of times indie games are named for for impact, like direct impact. Like this yeah. name is funny, or this name is ironic. Uh Or this name is uh is something of something, which is, you know, because it's trendy or whatever. Yeah.
1: Untitled Goose Game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite game names.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh but I think a game needs to communicate the 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 sort of personality and the intent of a project. Yeah. Like you I think there there's a lot of indie games that kind of don't know what they are, and and they're still great. Mm -hmm. But um because they don't know what they are exactly, like They're kind of they have a serious story, but then a a bunch of comedy in the in the 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 side lore, and then their title is also funny. Mm -hmm. But like they want you to take the threat seriously, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff like that. I'm not I'm not citing an example here. It's just the kind of thing you see a lot of times, and and this just goes back to my like holistic ideology. Like all this stuff needs to fit together, Mm -hmm. and so if you're gonna come up with a name, you want it to actually communicate that, and so. If you're coming up with something with a lot of lore and you're na- you're, you have some like invented names, you, you're going to be tempted to put a colon in there and like explain yeah. it a little bit further. Yeah. And sometimes you do want to do that. And sometimes you don't want to do that. Yeah. Sometimes you want to have something that is evocative and unknown. And that is the, that is the doorway in, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it, your game needs to represent what it is. But it's also not entirely what it is. Sure. Right? It is just the door into your project. So if it doesn't fully explain your project, that's fine. Yeah. As long as once you get through that door, the name still makes sense. Yeah, it's a hook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the worst names in recent memory is Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I was watching Dale play this game Mm -hmm. and she finally near the end found the Zero Dawn, which is like a prop or some MacGuffin in the thing. And I haven't played it, so I don't know all the details of it. But like, and so like, oh, that's why it's called that. But it's so far past, so far into the game. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, of course, it was titled with a colon and a subtitle because they were setting up a franchise. Ah. And, in fact, that is one of the things it tells you. It's oh, like, yeah. and that is, I mean, that's a little meta, but, like, mm-hmm. that's actually okay yeah. as a reason to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was kind of a bad name because Horizon itself yeah, doesn't say. say it, right. Did doesn't, they
0: find the Horizon?
2: It doesn't say much about the story of the game to yeah. me. Like it, But I think that's, there's, that's to taste. Uh, other okay. people might feel differently about it, but that's one where. I feel like it's the the budget and the marketing probably overcame some of the challenges of it, and sure. it wasn't a huge hit actually. Like oh. it, it was, it's a it's a it's sort of a steady seller mm-hmm. uh, with a long tail rather than a big. I mean, part of it is because it came out the weekend that Breath of Breath the Wild, did. yeah. But um, but I think it took a lot of people a while to get to because it it wasn't as easy to get through that door. I think right, sure. Uh, I'm not going to blame it all on that, but right. I think that's part of the reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's important, and right. so it, your your game does need to be that doorway, and it does need to it. it be correct once you get through it. Um, and that's the same with a logo, right? And the logos, it's going to be like, a, for games anyway, logos are usually logo types, mm-hmm. which means they have the name in the logo. Yeah. Um, that is for efficiency's sake. <laughs> and so I think that's perfectly fine to keep, keep going on that. Mm-hmm. And because that's usually what's going to appear on your title screen. It's what's going to be on the store, and the store page, all of that stuff. Yeah. And so one of the things that you have to think about when you think about that is, I think a lot of logos for games, especially indie games, are very much tied to their genre. Mm. if it's a Mm. fantasy game the logo has kind of a fantasy it's you know uh, a magical uh, glowing rock right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's so man it's so funny I feel like I missed that whole transfer fantasy used to be uh, trees and swords yeah and maybe rust sometimes Mm -hmm. and now it's glowing rocks yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like some uh, Blizzard changed it uh, somewhere in the middle, I think, yeah. and then that's what it is now. Yeah. Uh, and also very, it's much more cartoony than it used to be mm-hmm, uh, when mm-hmm. I was younger. That's true. Um, but yeah, you tend to put, make your logo over, if, you, if it's a sci-fi game, you want it to have a kind of, you want it, the logo to almost look like it came out of Blade Runner or something. Yeah. like. And that it tends to be the prime inspiration for a lot of games mm. is, the, is the genre. And I think that is fine, but I think you could do better than that um but what's unique about your game and it, and this isn't to say that your game should not be a fantasy game with glowing rocks sure that's your call yeah um and and if and your logo is that too then that does say something accurate about your game so mm-hmm. like not knocking that entirely but yeah. i feel like you could do more than that because yeah. you have the opportunity to do more something something unique with it well because i mean some of this stuff
0: is like also helping uh, people pick it out of a lineup of other games, right? Yeah, this is the marketing angle that that I think sure.
2: that I I kind of want st- to steer away. There's
0: so. Brand- oh, I, I wasn't even thinking of it in terms of marketing. I was just thinking of it in terms of list of games on your Switch. Which games are? you gonna Oh, I play? see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What or what is this game at a glance? Can you tell what it is because mm-hmm. you have fifty mm-hmm. of
2: them? Yeah, and I think well that that's that does still lead back into this idea of like sure. being rec- being catching your eye quickly. Oh, right? yeah, that's right. And so that's a little bit of a marketing angle. And I think yeah. branding is it's two things, right? It's mm-hmm. a it's a, a um. It's a it's a window into marketing uh-huh. and and you want to design it in a way that makes your job a little easier yeah. or more effective. Yeah. But it's also a window into your content right. and it needs to accurately describe those things. Uh-huh. It's art and commerce, right? Yeah. And I think um, and I'm talking more on the art side of it, yeah. which isn't to say the commerce side is not important or shouldn't be considered or weighed even greater than the art side when you're really just trying to make it taller and live to the next day. Yeah, um, Those are all valid things. But I think a lot of what I'm talking about is really more about the content side. Sure. And so, so those things can be in opposition. They don't have to be, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes they can be. So when I think about like how your 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 logos, your logotype is going to communicate what's in your game, uh-huh. you do have to consider, is this going to properly sell the game? But I, but I think just for now, just in this context, I'm thinking mostly about Communicated what the game is yeah uh, once someone is looks at it right yeah. Wh- whether you get them to look at it is another story yeah and so i think i guess maybe part of it is people do sometimes just think only about getting people to look at it mm. and what that then mm. does is maybe that sets up for yes you got their attention but are you going to actually give them what they expect when they see it right because they see your logo with lots of bezels bright colors and glowing rocks and they think fantasy game with uh-huh. a cartoony vibe yeah you are going to have to give them that right and anything that's different about your game or strays from that maybe because you had an interesting idea or maybe you want to change what that genre is Uh or maybe you just can't include all the things that like clash clans has or whatever yeah um then suddenly you you the person who walked in through that door expecting one thing um they're going to be disappointed yeah right sure yeah and maybe not like furious you know they're they're not going to demand every piece of that Mm -hmm. but they're going to come in with that expectation and they're no they know every people are smart enough to know that they have a first impression and then thorough impressions yes but if their first impression tells much more about what's not in the game than what is in the game like if it just tells you about the style of it and nothing else yeah then the style is the only thing that they're going to that it's going to meet their expectations yeah and then you have to work harder to sell those other things Yeah. Which means they're going to complain more about bugs. They're going to complain more about the features that are missing. Mm -hmm. They're going to complain more about that stuff because you didn't prime them for what your game really is. Right. In which case, a a, a player can care a lot less about the little thing. Mm -hmm. I think we as developers Mm -hmm. get really mad when gamers complain about the freaking little things.
3: (laughs) And a lot of (laughs) times
2: it's because they're they're kind of it's not that they were sold a bill of goods or whatever. It's because like you didn't you didn't they stay they straight off your path a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, if you're on a path that makes sense to you as you're going through like, uh, you know, I'm using tons of metaphors here, Mm -hmm. but like that you're you're willing to uh, put up with a few, uh, you know, off center cobblestones. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But if it's a path, you don't know where you're going. Mm-hmm. then you'd rather it be comfortable. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally get that's that. The ex- that's, the, that's a pretty strained metaphor, but I think it makes sense. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking about three different games that I just picked randomly to talk okay. about how, the, how they make sense for this. Okay. So the first is Smash TV. Mm-hmm. Does anybody
0: remember Smash TV? I remember Smash TV.
2: <laughs> so Smash TV was an arcade game and yeah. it came to consoles. Um, and it is a top-down um, shooter, mm-hmm. um, a twin-stick shooter um, that is a, it's is co-op. And you play as a contestant on a TV show where you're sent room into room at, to kill. I think they're robots. I don't remember, actually, mm-hmm. if they, <laughs> if yeah, they did yeah. that or you actually murder other. I know that, it <laughs> but it's it's uh, over the top. It's it's very 1980s and it's yeah. styling uh, yeah. running man, um, uh, Robocop, uh, yep. that kind of satire. Yeah, of, of sort of, of consumerism and as seen on TV and, you know, by now and that kind of before the internet, that was the cynical marketing stuff is the, is you know, the, the, the big uh, spiky um, uh, sale sign on a yeah. television, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so their iconography is really, really leans into that. Yeah. And so if you look at it, it's not, it's very, it's very much game show. Mm-hmm. And so it's, the logo itself is kind of bad, <laughs> but it tells you everything you need to know. It's yeah. very specific to that style that is unique to that thing. And it lets you immediately understand the concept going in. Smash TV doesn't tell you that it's a top-down shooter doesn't right. even tell you that it that, that that it uses like life or death you know simulations in a satire way yeah and and so it, it does there's a lot that it doesn't tell you mm-hmm. but once you know once you learn those things, hmm. all that makes sense, yeah because you're introduced in this over the top thing in the arc- on the arcade uh machine itself, it's not player one or player two, it's contestant one and contestant two ah. so the, all of that is part of the branding of the game, yeah right, and how it presents itself, so when you see it that that irony. Is really important to it, and mm-hmm. and it comes across immediately. Yeah, um, and so that's a, I think that's a really good example. And it's not like it was a a genius effort. It's yeah. just it's just really well done. Like mm-hmm. it's, it does hit ticks all the boxes of doing it right. Cool. Um, so another one I was thinking of is Thomas was alone. Okay, which is a an indie platformer um, that um, was a a, a a sort of a surprise hit. Mm-hmm. And you play as a little uh, a, a square named Thomas mm-hmm. who is alone. And <laughs> a,
1: God, I love squares.
2: The, The best part about this game is that it has tons of narration that tells a story as you play this platformer that has like four colors. Uh, The background is like two colors. Mm -hmm. You are one. And then you you meet other characters that are uh, differently shaped rectangles. So that's just the, I think a lot of people know this game, but that's Mm -hmm. just the background. And you're like, okay, so the characters are all uh, squares and rectangles. Mm -hmm. The platforming is all squares and rectangles. Yeah. Um, So the logo should be like kind of blocky or pixely or like squares. Nope. The logo is a simple sans serif, like a very unadorned font mm-hmm. that, in, that says Thomas was alone in lowercase. Mm-hmm. And because it gets, the, it gets the, the greater message, which is that the, the, the style of the game is about minimalism, right? Yeah. not about squares. Ah. And so I think that's a case where you have to think about like, well, my game has X in it, so the logo should have X in it. That's yeah. not always the, the answer to the question. Too literal. Yeah. And if you actually the logo for Thomas was alone, it's like the the most boring sans serif font. It's not even a good one. Yeah. And that is important to it. It's like default font. Huh. And that, that is that I think is actually important to it selling that idea so that when you start playing and it's this stark representation and all of the story context is fed to you via the narrator. And your imagination does a lot of work in, yeah. in giving, it. and it's a very effective moving story mm-hmm. uh, for a game that has almost no art in it. Yeah, um, and so uh, the, and the, the the branding of it does an excellent job of like of being the door into that experience. Hmm. So I think that's a really good example. Yeah, cool. Um, and the other one is one that I think most people know is Minecraft. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, I'm familiar. So <laughs> Minecraft's logo is blocky because Minecraft is made of blocks. Right. And yeah. so that's one that is more literal. Mm-hmm. And that's effective, right? Nothing wrong with that ultimately. Like yeah. Thomas alone, could have done it. It mm-hmm. just did better that they didn't. But the thing about Minecraft that I think is the logo, at least the current one, because things have changed over, yeah. over the years because it's a a huge brand, yeah. is that the logo is also epic. So oh. if you look at it, it's, it's a beveled logo, but it's a, you look, you're looking up at it. Oh. It's, 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 it's beveled yeah. up. So yeah. you're, so it's, it's, it's in the sky. I it's see. big. And so, and that's the thing about Minecraft is that it's, it's a, the, it's this endless open world. It's and idea. it's hmm. kind of funny that it's this end, uh, that it's this huge epic thing. Yeah. Right. And that's what's kind of, it's like, here's this simple blocky thing. Look at it. Yeah. Like that's funny. <laughs> and
0: the name, I guess, like Minecraft, like it doesn't seem like it's a big, thing but yeah. then you look at it and oh, okay well nice and that's the that. thing
2: is before minecraft became minecraft yeah it was named minecraft yeah so the name is actually not a big part of its brand yeah necessarily mm-hmm. because it's i mean it does a fine job describing what the game is right but like if you were to come up with minecraft today you'd probably call it something else yeah and that's perfectly fine mm-hmm. and i think the name made sense when the game was very simple and that was the core of it right. is that it that it's this simple environment this sort of blank slate sort yeah of. but now it's so it's so big in terms of the customization you can do and people build these enormous things in it. Um, and it's this sort of creator tool in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that sort of epicness and the irony of that, mm-hmm. I think is actually part of its branding, which mm. I think is really, really cool. Okay. And there's a very effective use, especially as that brand has evolved. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it does what it can with its iconography when its name can only do so much. Yeah. And that's true of your game too, right? Even if you come up with the perfect name for your content, it is just a name. It can only do so much. Yeah, right. So the rest of it's gonna have gonna matter as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about like, oh, I'm not just gonna style it and make it look cool. It actually has to, it's the, it has to be the right face for it. Yeah. Um, and that is just easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So the uh other bit is about your studio, mm-hmm. and I'll just try to breeze through this a little bit because a okay. lot it's a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. But it applies to you and the work that you do. So I think a lot of indie developers we're a little self conscious about coming up with our studio names yeah. because we're just like a person usually yeah. and like maybe we're an LLC maybe uh, we're two or three people right. it doesn't feel like we've earned the right to have a corporate business name or something mm-hmm. and so a lot of time people will make jokes they'll be funny yeah, that's pretty common I'm sort that's not my I don't like that mm-hmm. so much I think you should take yourself seriously but I won't say that you shouldn't have a silly name yeah. um, or an ironic name I think the other thing that people do is they go the other way it's not that they feel so self conscious they try to make themselves look great or yeah. sort of big but mm. so they say they're something industries or like big time studios wow or something industries hmm.
1: <laughs> what are you, you saying Mark
2: <laughs> I mean how, how much do you love escape industries I love that name yeah. I'm the only one who loves that name also yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see that that's that's that falls a little bit into the irony category I yeah. think right and it's it, I think studios is the one that gets me that, oh, that sure. feels a little bit like yeah. you don't have to be something something studios yeah one you're not studios like right yeah. <laughs> there's not more than one studio mm. as part of your your collection you're not mm. an empire yeah right um yeah, industries yeah. i think is a little bit different that's a little that feels more playful to me okay. but again it, everyone's i think you will get people looking at that and maybe might interpreting that as one of the popped up kind of names. sure so there's a little bit of risk to that i'll be honest yeah, with you but fair. i don't i don't think it's the same as saying like you're you know big name ink or something like yeah uh, i think that's the only thing i would recommend you steer clear of if you want to do a silly in joke or, or irony or like a, you know, like a little fish, big, big, uh, pond games or whatever. Sure, if yeah. you want to advertise your dinkiness, mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think you should do that either, but that's, that's more just my personal feeling. Yeah, yeah. If, if that's something you really feel strongly about, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, we're a small studio or it's just me doing it or whatever. And therefore I want to communicate that fact Yeah. and not in an apologetic way, but in a positive, like, Forward, you know, like a, yeah, a, I'm owning this. Yeah. Yes, then go for it. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to decide what you are, and that's where like the least cynical bits of all this comes in. Yeah, which is really deciding like what it is, and this is for your studio and for your game. But like, what do you stand for? Like, what is your what is your what is your game about? What are you about as a studio as a, as a developer? How do you communicate that with the iconography you use, the names that you choose? How do you do that in a way? And how do you if you're making multiple games and you're ma- and you haven't decided like even uh, I'm going to make an RPG and then I'm going to make a shooter and then I'm a platformer. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't want your, if your first game is an RPG, you don't want your studio name to be like, you know, super role-playing ink. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, because you, unless, unless you are committed to mm-hmm. that's the genre. So if you, you just have to know what that pins you into. Yeah. And now I think what people don't do, and this is, I'm uh, this is where I think most people should think more about this is they come up with a fun name. And that's it. Mm. And they put it on their website and they make a fun logo. Yeah. But all it is, is fun or interesting or good or whatever. Right. And it, it has no relation to the games they make. Yeah. It has no relation to the, the type of works they do or yeah. what they believe in, um, what they stand for. Your branding is your artist statement mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. This is where it's separate from just commerce yeah. and where it's much more important in indie. You, if you want to publish into your own name instead of a, a studio name, that is also a choice you're making that is that is branding. Right. Right. You're You're putting yourself out there as the brand. Um, and that is also fine, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people do do that, and I think that's a, and that and that is an important thing to do if that's something you believe in.
0: Yeah, that it's
2: about you as an artist rather than the sort of like entity that you've created, yeah. right? Or created in partnership with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has to it has to reflect like what your aims are as the studio. What do you want to make? What do you believe in? Who do? You, what kind of audience are you serving? What kind of people do you want to respond to? That the people who respond positively to your branding. You want those people to the people who are interested in your games. Right. And so I think just—I think there's more consideration, I think, is, is required. And I think most people do just kind of like come up with something fun and that feels like tick to box. Yeah. We're fine. And you can get away with that and a lot of people have. Yeah. But I think you can do better with that stuff mm-hmm. um, because it is really satisfying. Because it's cool to have something you believe in. Like yeah, it's just cool. Yeah. it motivates you. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, speaking for myself, like Noble Robot is my company, mm-hmm. and it it is. I mean, maybe it's a funny name, but like the logo is not funny. Like the logo is clean and simple, and it reflects my feeling of of like like ethics and uh, precision. Yeah, like that's important to me. Mm-hmm. It's also important to me that like you can make a robot with feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's you know what I mean. Like conceptually, that I I want. That's what I want to, to, to communicate. And yeah. like with all art, it's not going to, my full impression is not going to get across to people yeah. with just the name, but it's that first step into that door of finding out what I'm about, what, what the things I make are about. Mm-hmm. And so I'll, I'll never be embarrassed by it mm-hmm. because it, re- it represents something I believe. in. Yeah. And I think you should do that for yourself as well. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say something about Future Club, but I don't know what to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't come up with the name. I just joined after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. I really like the name. It's fun. Yeah. yeah it's like um,
1: hopeful. and friendly. Yeah.
0: And I think that's a lot of our like mission statement and stuff too. I don't I know how they came
2: up with the logo for Future Club, but like there's rainbows and a star. Perfect. It's pretty. Well, when you find out it's a co op, you're like, yeah, it's a Future Club. Yeah. Like that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. It, that's the thing. The more you find out about an organization, the more its branding should make sense to you. Yeah. Like yeah. it's okay to be confused by it at first, mm-hmm. but the more you learn, the more sense it should make. But sometimes when you have a brand that you've built, mm-hmm. you have the opportunity to sell merch. Hey! Merch, merch, merch! Marketing.
0: This is the marketing part.
2: <laughs> why, why would you bring that up, Mark? Uh, because we here at Nice Games Club, mm. the fine folks at Nice Games Club, yes, uh, have a t-shirt that we've put our brand on. Yeah. And you can get it at nicegames.club slash shirt. And uh, not only can you get it, you can feel very comfortable and proud wearing it. Yeah, you can. So comfy. So soft. So yeah. nice. Ah. It's got our logo on the front, and it's only the logo. Yeah. So people will have to ask you what it means. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something we did on purpose because mm-hmm. it's not. I, I didn't design the, the shirt to be an advertisement for the show. Yeah. It's for you. Yeah. The person who bought it. It's right. not for you to, to advertise our show to other people. Mm-hmm. It's for you to enjoy and appreciate. And yes. so. And it's got the URL on the back in tiny letters, so if you need, if someone needs to see it, you can show it to them. There you go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Uh, Yeah, it's good tie-in too. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Okay.
1: Nailed it.
2: Nicegames.club/slash-shirt.
3: Spring? Is that you? That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code super 24.
1: This is a complete, completely different thing. Uh, You know, like sometimes we have a... Sometimes. I'm sure it's happened once or twice. We have a graceful segue from one topic to the next. Uh-huh. <laughs> you'd, you'd have
2: to send me some examples before I believe you.
1: It's having uh, hundreds of episodes. I yeah. can't keep track of it all. But I just got to have average once or twice. Uh,
2: yeah, once or twice.
1: So no. a lot of
2: averages. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. It's just a lot of, exactly. A La- lot of large numbers. Yeah. Um, Goodness. No, this is a, I wanted to actually kind of take this around table to, uh, as an opportunity to continue a conversation that we kind of kicked off. A couple weeks ago when we talked about idle games mm-hmm. so um you remember that time that when we talked about idle games and you like doomed an entire genre of gaming
2: yeah i was like <laughs> i was like this whole genre is garbage and sucks and has no redeeming qualities and uh. i was very emph- emphatic about it uh-huh. and, then, and then you guys were both like i don't know and then ellen later you were like i agree kind of
1: well yeah although <laughs> but now i have like lots of interesting questions because oh, okay. I, yeah. I do i th- do i do feel like i agree but also mm. I wonder if I'm not digging deep enough. Oh, And okay. I'm wondering that because of all the conversations that's happened on Discord since that episode aired.
2: Yeah. A lot of conversations, yeah. Right.
1: So, as of today, yeah, people
2: really taking what we said and like adding their own experiences to it, too. Yeah. Right. Not just their own like opinions, but like the knowledge they have that extends past what we were able to bring. To right. The table. Yeah. Right.
1: Which is like, it's just a dream come true. I'm like, mm-hmm. just like, even, you know, even if the rest of this conversation goes nowhere, I'm just really just absolutely so happy that like this episode sparked such great conversations on the discord. Um, But yeah, that episode from where we're sitting today Mm -hmm. recording, it came out last Thursday. Yeah. Hasn't even been out a whole week. And there's just been like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling in discord trying to catch up with the conversations. But we had people who actually do develop idle games come Mm -hmm. in and weigh in and really sparked some interesting, some interesting conversations. So I wanted to revisit this topic Prior to that Discord conversation, because yeah. I wanted to think about, like, you know, the ethics of engagement, and I'll get a little yeah. bit, I'll get more into why that title is actually important. Um, I kind of, as we dig into the topic, um, but I just want to say, for the record, that was still on the, that was still part of the plan before the Discord conversations. Okay. But now there's even more stuff to talk about because mm-hmm. of all these really interesting ideas that people have brought up. Mm-hmm. And y'all know where to get to the Discord if you haven't come there already. So we. Nice
0: club discord Thank you, Stephen. Okay.
1: Yeah, so get in there and, and join in the conversation or at least see what people have written because it's really cool. Yes. Um, But there's been, yeah, lots of interesting um, conversations. So we've got – people mentioned like the idle kit engine and we can link to some of these things as well. Um, Lane, one of our um, most uh, vocal participants in the Discord <laughs> – that's a compliment lane. Mm. Um he said he's done some work on on these and he said they are in fact broken on purpose as Mark describes that's mm. what he said. Yeah. Some things that were brought up were like the ethics of money versus like spending money to advance versus spending more time to mm-hmm. advance and like ads versus monetization. Yeah. Um, some other interesting topics that came up were events, like in-game events. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. It could be an entire topic on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, Martin brought up the idea of like an unfolding game as a way to differentiate um Certain games in this genre, oh, from like Cookie Clicker. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I need to dig into more in that. That's kind of probably not. We might come around to that today, to depending on where our conversation takes us. But yeah, it's 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 all that. And then people also listed a bunch of idle games that people felt that didn't have some of the problems that we mentioned.
2: Yeah, and a couple ones that specifically have endings. Yeah, yeah. which was one of the things that we t- we just started to touch on. Yeah. in the yep. last episode, but weren't able to really get to. Yep. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um lots of things to dig into. The things that I want to dig into today are some are two big questions. Um and the first big question is when it comes to engagement how does consent factor into this picture? Mm, okay. Right? So let me let me give you kind of where I'm coming from. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm opting into an entertainment experience, it's because I am I want my emotions to be manipulated. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like I am opting into that. I am giving consent to myself and to the product that I'm engaging with to make me feel some things. That's what I'm yes. paying for. Um so the question I think that becomes pertinent when we're talking about idol games and and just really game design in general is at what point does that relationship go too far? Mm -hmm. Like how much does me buying the game or opting into it communicate consent and how how much can I do that and still maintain control? And when do I lose control? That's a really fascinating,
0: uh, 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 way to view it is yeah. consent um, because I think like yeah when, you, when you're when you viewing a piece of media or in, in, engaging with a piece of media it doesn't have to be a video game um, a movie or something you are expecting yeah to be uh, your emotions to change right things are going to happen and you're going to be like happy or sad or angry or whatever mm-hmm. um, but I think there's a certain level of trust between the view the participant and the creator Um And once that trust breaks, I think is when that's when that's when some that's when things start to uh, become problematic, I think. And it's hard to know where that line is, I think. But it's like I I think that's what I'm thinking of. So, like, I guess, for instance, if you're watching a movie. Right. And there's some content in that movie that the movie did not prepare you to happen. um, It can be such a such a drastic shift um, in your mood, in your engagement of that, that it could really not just like sour you on that, on that, you know, experience, but also just like, um, potentially emotionally harm you a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's a similar, I think that's kind of how I would approach it. Is that like, you need to, uh, that, that level of trust
2: needs to stay established. Yeah, there's a, a a recent and I say a recent last couple of years. Okay. But uh an example of this um boyfriend dungeon. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. there was a there was a lot of discussion about um content in that game that people were not expecting right. that challenged them and 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 was very difficult mm. for people to experience. Mm-hmm. And that level of consent is really interesting cuz in my view anyway, when you begin an, a, a uh, when you start when you buy a piece of media, yep. when you engage with a piece of art yep you are consenting you are giving your consent to the artist to manipulate you
0: yeah yeah right.
2: and so and Stephen, you're right that level of trust yes and people have different levels of tolerance to like when they feel that trust is broken yep and when and how much they're willing to to experience things they didn't necessarily sign up for right uh-huh. because a lot of times i mean really we want to be surprised right yeah. we want to but there's a difference between surprise and and sudden trauma yes. right yeah um and i think that's the case uh, um for a lot of pieces of media. And one of the reasons why to bring it to idle games that mm. I struggle with giving it a pass, um, even conceptually, is that you, you, the idea that you can stop whenever the player wants to stop. Right. It's like, I don't know, when you start the experience, you are, consent, you are handing over a little bit of control to the developer. Yeah. And I think that a developer needs to take a lot more care than they do sure. yep. with that. Mm-hmm. And, and they need to understand how much responsible they have. Because it does seem weird to say like well it it's like it's a it's a human being they can do what they want to do yeah. it's still so hard for us to get past that idea yeah. but even with something that doesn't have inherently um, uh, addictive qualities even things that are just engaging right mm-hmm. the, that's the the topic engagement even at that level you are controlling the 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 viewer or the yeah. the person who's experiencing it you are ex- exhibiting a level of control and that is a huge responsibility. Right. Yeah. And so that is why people got really upset with Boyfriend Dungeon is because they felt like I handed my heart to you and I didn't expect you to do this with it. Mm-hmm. Um and but it's that's not there's no right answer to it because yeah. you do hand your heart to a developer and you don't want them to tell you what they're going to do with yeah. it. Right? Right. Yeah.
1: Right. You want them to trust you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I you know, I wonder if this is just kind of something that I'm just kind of following my intuition in this in this idea, but Let's see where it takes me. Okay. Um, I wonder if this is something that ha- is weird with technology, right? Because tech, in this instance, with video games, right, and mm-hmm. with lots of you know lots of today's media, mm-hmm. you are using technology as an intermediary, like it's the media for the experience, right? Yeah. And so, as part of that, we have these things where you have to execute or you opt in or you. You agree to the terms and conditions and you certify you're not actually a robot, even though you might be one. Um,
0: jury's still out.
1: Jury's still out, at least at a mark. Uh. <laughs> I and mean, again, his brand is Noble Robot. I one just want to point that hold. out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but – that's like a one-time thing,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. right?
1: You give consent to your data when you're signing up for a website one time, and right. then you might make you sign in again. And when they change their terms and conditions, you got to do it again. But yeah. that's because the terms and conditions change. You yes. do it once, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually how human relationships work, yeah. right. right? You don't get consent one time, and then you're good and to you're go good for forever, forever. Right. Yeah. right? Like this whole conversation over the last many, many years that has, I guess, amped up conversation about enthusiastic consent Mm -hmm. when it comes to like sexual behavior Mm -hmm. it's not just sexual behavior like it's any behavior yeah right and so like your degrees of consent are not necessarily going to be all like very explicit and verbal but like you know you want to go to get a coffee sure it doesn't mean that i'm always going to assume you're going to go get coffee with me from here on out and that's just kind of an understood part of human interaction Mm -hmm. i think for many people um probably there are some you know there might be some like neurodivergent conditions where it's not obvious, but like it's something that's that's kind of built in. I think for many, right, right. or it's something that you learn. Mm-hmm. Um, computers don't do that, right. <laughs> right? And so, to a certain extent, video games don't do that, mm-hmm. and we've learned that computers don't do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wonder. I wonder how that. Um, kind of dual dynamic when it comes to consent, like it's a human experience because you are human and you are having emotions, but it's also like mediated through a piece of technology that only um, has like binary yes or no's. Yeah. So if you're the developer, you have to bring the humanity back into it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, this this is the case. I, I would argue this is the case with any form of media. It doesn't matter whether it's a computer or a piece of paper, because um, like ultimately, it's yeah, it's just a form of media and the artist is the one creating and developing it so they're the ones still controlling it they're just using the media as a form of communication i don't know that, that i i guess they're arguing that it doesn't excuse them from having to consider these yeah
1: things. yeah no i think we're saying the same thing okay um i just think it like it might be just because of how we inter- interact with technology mm-hmm. in general
3: mm-hmm.
1: it might be something that just kind of like doesn't intuitively jump to the front of our minds.
2: Yeah. Oh, I, okay. And I think in a lot of media, uh, the, the, the thing that's tricky, and this is why Boyfriend Dungeon was such a, a notable example, is yeah. because if you're watching a TV show, and then it gets to a point where it introduces a character that you hate, yeah. or, that has, or it is expressing a philosophy you disagree with. Or right. Something. I'm trying to be sort of tame with this. Just something you don't like. Yeah, yeah. You can be like, oh, I love this show so much. So I'm going to keep watching, even though I sort of hate it. Mm-hmm. But you, you might eventually bounce off of it, right? Yeah. So the line is not so thin. Right. Yeah. It it has it has its sort of like negotiated uh, points, um. And and you you do trust a, a a provider of content in whatever medium to you you give your consent for them to deliver things to you. Yeah. And then so you know you may be surprised, you may be unhappy, mm-hmm. but then then you can always rescind that at any at sort of any point. <laughs> yes. But uh, that's the thing where the where the computer part comes in. It's it doesn't happen right away, right? It's not. That's an, it's a negotiated point that yeah. you make with yourself, mm-hmm. and then, but with video games, the notion of engagement because it's an interactive medium, yeah, that line gets thicker and thicker, yeah, okay. and and those negotiated elements become things that other parts of your brain are, are, um, passing through instead of you, instead of your sort of actual like decision making part of your brain, yeah, mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. lizard brain takes over yeah. and starts, and then then you are condemning yourself to something you dislike because there are other things that. On balance, your brain is like, "Let's keep doing it." Yeah.
1: Right. And
2: right. and idle games is the supreme example of this. And so, for a developer, it's very difficult to make something like that that has those engagement tactics that then also provides ways for the for the the user to disengage. Yeah. Without essentially ruining the game, because right. engagement is good, like for video games. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it isn't that as a concept is not bad. Right. But it's a dangerous weapon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's. More so than I think it is in other media.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I, I completely agree with that. I mm-hmm. think um you know when we talked about idle games before, the issue I had with uh the is- the the what I was what I was trying to say I think during the, the idle mm-hmm. games episode is that like I feel like I think that it is possible to create this engagement curve responsibly enough where you can still give the player um the ability um. The, the ability to 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 escape i guess the content if they want to leave the content. Yeah. Um I think it's very difficult. I'm not saying it's easy and frankly I don't think that a lot of games are even interested in approaching that idea. But um I think that I think it is possible I guess.
2: Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. I think the mm-hmm, not to totally argue with you because sure. I think you're right. Yeah, okay. And and I think the reason most games don't do it yeah. is because there's no reason to. Right. Like there's mm-hmm. no like uh, this is this is me Painting the genre with a broad brush, which yeah. I've done before and I'll do it again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's fine. I, and I am truly. Like, That's it's... what led us here. <laughs> right. But I think there's like the. the What else is there to an idle game yeah. other than engagement? You're asking me that? Yeah. I oh, mean, okay. maybe rhetorically. But sure. so what you say is you introduce these other things to disengage. Yeah. That's fine. But doesn't that hurt the only mechanic the game has? Yeah,
1: I suppose.
0: I don't, I don't no. know. I don't.
2: Oh, no,
1: okay. <laughs> Ellen disagrees. <laughs> No. Okay. So I think, and this is, this is exactly what I was hoping we'd get into. Yeah. Um, I hope I didn't say no to, too like emphatically for nice games.
2: No, I think it right. was the right amount of shut us down that we needed <laughs> yes, at the yes, moment. Yes, no, yes. <laughs> um,
1: I don't think dis, I don't think disengagement is the right word.
0: Okay.
2: okay.
1: I, I think that's actually the problem. Ah. I think when you frame it as this binary between engagement and disengagement, then you are automatically framing it in a thing in a way that like fights against. Well, first of all, like the capitalist impulses that are that we have to kind of work within, yeah. um, because engagement, engagement, engagement. Why would you not want engagement, right? Mm. Well, because if you only go after engagement, then you can never get re-engagement, and yeah. like so. Oh. So much of human existence is lean in and back off. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. breathe in, you breathe out. Yeah. And you have these natural rhythms that we are like, maybe this is getting too philosophical, but we are like biologically hardwired to go back and forth between things. Mm -hmm. And if you are only engaged, then you never have the opportunity to step back let that experience settle with yourself and then choose to re-engage. Yeah. And I actually think it's the cycle of engagement and then, like, re- not resetting, but, like, reflection and re-engagement yeah. that actually builds, like, really deep – a really deep connection with an experience. Yeah. And, you know, like, when I – the games that I love the most – I mean, I'll bring up Night in the Woods again. I've played it a few times. Mm-hmm. And when I've played it, like, I – I binged the heck out of it, right? Yeah, like yeah. I didn't binge it all in one session, but I binged it like a few times. Yeah. But, you know, in a few different sessions. But between those sessions, my brain was firing on all cylinders thinking about this game and like going over the experience again in my head. Mm-hmm. And then going back to it and returning to it was a much more powerful experience mm-hmm. than if I had just powered through it. And like yeah. the same thing when I'm reading books that I have a terrible habit of reading Books late into the night so quickly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I can barely remember what happened, but I yeah. just can't stop because I'm so like so enraptured by this, which yeah. is actually yeah. an interesting example of like the kind of thing you don't want in idle games, but it's not an idle game; it's a book. Right. Like you yeah. can you can create these unhealthy patterns. I think with any combination of a person with a particular psyche and a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. For me. It's fantasy books. Those shiny rocks get me every time. <laughs> um, point being, though, is I have to make myself stop, step back, let it settle, and then re-engage with it if I'm going to have the richest, most rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. And so I actually think that framing it as as disengagement is part of the problem and might actually be contributing to like the singular focus on engagement that can be such a problem in this genre. Oh, okay. is that? we aren't thinking about the re-engagement cycle and how that can actually be something that improves the game experience now the thing is i'm not sure if it actually would improve the monetization of it yeah and that yeah gets back to and
0: i mean i yeah. don't know i i've never i i'm not talking about monetization at all i think yeah. especially well i think in general it's really unhealthy to get people to constantly engage with the thing and not feel like they can leave the product that's yeah. unhealthy <laughs> but uh I I like I don't want to I specifically don't want to talk about monetization because like I just in general I'm just like that having people constantly feel like they have to spend money in order to keep up with something or they feel like they have to do it because the game is very much encouraging them to do it I, I We're
1: I, we're carving that out as a separate problem. Yeah,
0: yeah okay. I I'm totally with you on that. Okay, yes, right. yes, yes. Um but I think I think that's a really Fascinating framing to think of it as, instead of thinking of it as disengagement, as thinking of it as a, a cycle where you have time to reflect on your experience. Um, I think that is important. I think that's
2: important with any game, any media you're coming but, into. But would, Maybe it's because mm. I have an addictive personality. Okay. and So I'm on the lookout for things like this. And mm-hmm. this might be why I'm particularly concerned about things that exploit that because okay. I, I can easily fall into it. Sure. I will read late into the night. I will watch seven episodes when I only had time for three. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. I'll yeah. definitely yeah. do that. But I don't think there's any media that has these net that like essentially is designed with stopping points, right like there are yeah. chapter markers and there are episodes, and there are places where you could take a break mm-hmm. but I don't know like it's interesting you talk about that reengagement that that being so essential to your well, experience of media because I don't feel that i I feel I'm not good at that i, I and I, and i don't I'm not good at it either no no, I know, but I, <laughs> but I mean to say that like um i don't know that there's any media that is designed to take advantage of that that function and i i as you describe it like that would be neat but um partly because i don't generally experience things that way
1: can i talk to mark's point and then see if, you yeah, if you were, okay so I agree with you mm-hmm. and also disagree with you.
2: Okay.
1: <laughs> um, I this agree. the with... best thing? <laughs> <laughs> what was, there was one, one line that you used at some point, like in the last year, Stephen, that I uh-huh. thought was just the best, which is what I don't entirely disagree. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I always come back to that one in my mind. I don't entirely disagree with you, Mark. No, I, I, I think you're right. I think that you're right in that, um, lots of media is not set up for that in a way that's, like, very powerful or mm-hmm. easy to grab onto. Yeah. Some pieces of media and some platforms are easier to take advantage of those moments than others. Yeah. Right? For me, like, uh, your standard sci-fi novel or, like, fantasy novel or just regular novel. Well, like sci-fi, sci-fi and fantasy for me, like, it's really easy to just turn to the next chapter. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think partly just because I'm so familiar with those genres. Yeah. Or if you consider them to be one genre, the genre, like, <laughs> that I don't need to take as much time away from it to process. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I'm reading a, you know, a romantic novel from the 19th century in England, like, I'm going to need some time between chunks to be able to process it all. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the nonfiction books that I read about, like, learning psychology, still on educating intuition. <laughs> yeah. Because I have to take so much time between each chapter to really think about it because right. it's mm. so dense and it's sure. just really challenging yeah. for
2: me. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, Netflix, you go right from one episode to the next. It lets you skip right over the credits for Pete's sake, and skip right over the intro, well, right? So, yeah. but like HBO doesn't have exactly the same one, so it's a little easier to take breaks between episodes. Uh-huh. And at any point, you can just pause, and you can go do something if you need to. Take yeah, care right.
2: Of right. So, like, it's interesting we talk about these things because, like. Uh- like because they're not interactive the way the games are, but a lot of the same psychology comes into play.
1: Right now, I'm thinking I'm thinking about these different experiences compared to like Egg Inc. Yeah, there was never a moment. There's never a moment you yeah. get the next egg, and then you can meet you immediately. Like literally, it's like every couple seconds you have a new choice. Yeah, right. And that rhythm never lets up. Mm-hmm. Yes, ever. Yes. That's what I mean by there's no cycle.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There's no and,
1: opportunity for that cycle. And that's
0: what I think that a lot of these, the, a lot of these, I think a lot of these idle games are not meant to end either, just like solidly end. Most right, forms of right. media have a solid ending. Like you can watch what however many, what happens, like 700 episodes of One Piece or some junk. Um, but And it's still technically going on, but the dang show has to end at some point, right? Does it? um mm. <laughs>
2: I assume this is becoming media criticism, <laughs>
0: a little bit. Okay, keep but, going. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, that, yeah, most of these things have solid endings. Even when you're like really into a game and you're, you know, you spend, you play it until five o'clock in the morning, like I've done with Civilization. Eventually, somebody wins a science victory, and then that's the end of the game. And then I have nothing to do but sit there and think <laughs> about what I did. <laughs> play it for five till five in the morning, right? Yeah. I think that that is an aspect of it that is that is missing from I, a lot of idle games. Yeah. Um. And I think that uh, that is part of what makes it dramatically more p- uh, problematic. It's. I think it still is problematic in that, like, you know, if you're still spending um, two days of your life, you know, engaged with this game for a long period of time, and then it ends, that's still a long period of time in which you were engaging with this game. And that still can be, an issue right but mm-hmm. um i think that still i think that still is impact i think that's still important especially if the player knows that they can they can um take like they can feel like they can take some time away from it and the game will respect their time enough for them to come back to it and it'll give them a satisfying ending at the end of their whole engagement pattern
2: you know and i think the thing that's missing from games in general yeah. cuz i think of civilization yeah. and i maybe mentioned the show before like they've one more turn, quote yep. unquote, yes. is like part of their brand. It is. Yeah. And yeah. and in in fact, I have a problem with that. Mm. Like, I, I feel that's a very bad message. Yeah. Like that. It's like, oh, this game is addictive. Let's sell it on that basis. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is because it doesn't have microtransactions, it doesn't have it doesn't have abusive monetization. Yeah. We kind of give it a, a pass. But like we said, we've we've excerpted that from this topic. Right. right. And so I think Civ is very much similar. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I would agree with that. And I would criticize that on a lot of the same uh, things, sure. as much as I really quite like that game. Uh-huh. Right. Um, but I think what's, so what is missing from games, and because games are built around one core gameplay loop, yeah, like even games with lots of variety or lots of chapters or lots of changes as you progress through, yeah, and this is something that's taught, is that games are built around one, maybe two, but usually one core gameplay loop. Yeah and when you talk about like your the chapters of the textbooks that you go through the reason it's probably easier for you to stop and reflect is because you're done with that topic and you're moving to a new topic mm-hmm. and it can build on the topic and, and and but that's why it's hard to keep going because you need to have reflected in order to properly use what you learned to, to apply to the new thing you're learning yep. Yep. and games don't do that so much they oh. or they do it on a hyper tiny scale yeah, yeah, in okay. a way in a way that is a uh, unending And yeah. still all wrapped around that one core gameplay loop. Right. And so that is maybe a criticism of just games in general. But the reason and, and like what I was saying that n- not a lot of media has these stopping points where they make an effort to tell you come back tomorrow. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's pretty literal. But I can't think of anyone who's done anything that's done that. Yeah. But there are other ways. You don't have to do that literally. There are ways you can get around that.
1: Are you still watching?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, actually, there's something recent is yeah. a, a new social media app called Be Real. Oh, yeah. Where the, the notion is, is that the thing with social media, it has that engagement problem mm-hmm. that you, you scroll, you scroll, you scroll you 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 curate you post you it is addictive in a lot of the same ways that that idle games or games in general can be yeah and the thing about this social network is that you can't do that Mm -hmm. you have to it alarm goes off and you have like two or three minutes to take a picture and that's all and that's the only time you can share something Mm. and so the idea is is that you you you're you're denied the ability to care more about it yeah and that's why it's called be real and like i haven't downloaded it I don't think I'm that interested. Yeah. But like, as a concept, I really applaud it mm. for like ta- tackling at the source. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I also think that that might be why it won't be successful ultimately more than like a fad that it is. You know, it has a hype cycle right now. Mm. But that is something that does have those kinds of things where it does wants you to step away and come back yeah. to to make the coming back more valuable. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it sounds like this be real thing. I'm instantly skeptical. Oh, I know. I
2: saw your face. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. New but, social
2: media that does this innovative thing. You're like, oh, come on. <laughs> well, and it's
1: called be real. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, be, be real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but it almost to me it seems more like the the, the point is to have the conversation. Like, yeah. And it's all about the restriction. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm thinking, like it, it almost seems like there's a. We decided we were going to take the ethics of monetization away from this conversation, yes. yes. And we're really focusing on the ethics of attention and right. engagement, yes. um, and that kind of behavioral design. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is like just it needs to advance a bit more as a as a genre, mm-hmm. so that it can invent some of the patterns that are that are needed to manage this in an ethical way. But I want. I guess I can come back to that. I want before I advance into that next question because yep. you see in the notes I have second big question and I think we're almost there. <laughs> I do want to point yeah. out that um, Attar, uh, who is a developer of Idle Games, he's mm-hmm. made a game called Idle Acorns and he called made a game called Just Button, which I'm very intrigued about.
2: That's a good name. Yeah, is it's a good name. We <laughs> were
1: talking about game names earlier. Yeah. Just Button. I love it. I'm very excited. I just
2: I want. Is it just a button? I hope so. Yeah. Um, It could be anything, but as long as, like, that is very attractive. And as long as there is a button, that name will make sense. button.
1: I I really want to. And also just the idea of idle acorns. It's like, acorns are cute. We should think about (laughs) acorns more. Um, They mentioned um, that designing the game so that the longer you are playing, they they designed the game so that the longer you are playing in the game, the less there is to do. Mm -hmm. And in this way, the the design subtly encourages you to take a break. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. And then they mentioned it also has an ending, not that it definitively ends, but that you eventually run out of things to do. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that would be a satisfying ending for me. Yeah. But really, I wanted to mention that um, because of that way that the game is designed to encourage you to take a break. So it's not like... Ending your action and like, okay, do you, you, you know, the we stops you from playing. Maybe you should take a break now. Yeah, yeah. It it kind of lets you, instead of like shooting you out of the pool, it lets you rise to the top of the water and breathe. Yeah, uh, And I think that's interesting. And that's the kind of innovation that I'm talking about, like mm-hmm. the genre needing to develop mm-hmm. is those kinds of patterns that feel good. And that was the last thing that Zack and Tower mentioned was I actually think this is just leaning into a healthy version of the way that players of this genre want to play. Yeah, Like they want that kind of like tactile engagement um, that's like very, very sensation driven and kind of fiddly, mm-hmm. but they also wanna be able to put the thing down and not, not feel like they're missing out, you know? Yeah. Like have those moments where the game just like, you know, is with you and like having fun and then it's like, hey, you still good?
2: Mm-hmm. See I think this is where This kind of cuts to the thing that I'm Concerned most about mm. is that I think there's a lot of theories On how to make this work but yeah. I don't know that We have a lot of data on this kind of healthy Engagement yeah. set- setup Sure, And I, I think the shooting you out of the pool Is better than the slowly Bring you up um, Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of make that case which is That everyone is A little different mm-hmm. And the, the slow like I mean in the idle games that I've played I slowly run out of things to do because I'm not spending money.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Right. <laughs> that doesn't make me less frustrated or more like holding the phone in front of my face, waiting for the next thing to happen. Yeah. It takes quite a while to break me of that. Of that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm assuming I'm not that different from other people. Mm-hmm. And so I think the the just like a pause button. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I think that it's this is why I get uh, um why I sort of stand up for my original argument, which mm-hmm. is that there, that there is no saving this genre. Um, which I'm happy to have challenged, but like I think the 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 argument I make for that, and I still make for that, yeah. is that every little mitigation strategy you use doesn't get around the problem, which is just the the core of the design is that it it's it's the more, 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 and so you can make that less addictive. You could you could force players to take breaks, but like what is the point? Is still to then. Capture that engagement again.
0: Can I argue that that doesn't have to be the point of the idle game? Is more and more and more.
2: Well, I then that I think is the big challenge of the of the genre. Yeah. Like, um, I think one of the things about Civilization mm-hmm. that is interesting that it's not just that you win. Maybe yeah. that's why you play, steven okay. <laughs> <laughs> It is. But m- maybe it's because I always go for science victory. Sure. But I really like the thematic elements of like seeing what leads to what yeah like I, I i can i always complain about stirrups how annoying a technology that is on the <laughs> technology tree yeah but it's fascinating to see the, the sort of abstraction of like oh stirrups led to this mm-hmm. i wouldn't have guessed that like it that little sort of experiencing history in that abstracted yeah fictionalized way yeah there is that there's a purpose to that it's right. not just to make the game accurate and it's not even really to educate frankly yeah it's it's a way to like have you Make you think about how progress works, yeah, and how civilizations are built. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually. I don't think I actually know more about what leads to what in in terms of like reading a history textbook. I don't think yeah. it's a replacement for that. Yeah, but conceptually understanding that is a is a useful outcome of playing Civilization. Yeah, I don't think idle games have that, and I don't think they can't have that. Yeah, but I think that there's no advantage to it in terms like it. I haven't seen an idle game that like has put in that effort because what is that effort what does it get you as a developer um and that does bring monetization back right because the reason idle games want your attention is not that you'll be forced to spend money to progress mm-hmm. not to pay to win mm-hmm. but because the more time you spend in the game the more opportunities they have to put the store in front of you okay that is that is how it works it's yes. not it it's not just to force you to play to win it's just the longer you play the more shots they it's have it's just to you. get you to keep looking yeah, at it, yeah and and if so and so i think that if that's the core of if the core of the game is just to get you to play more if that's mm-hmm. its point right um it it needs something other than that and or something I, instead of that i guess that's what i'm arguing is i don't think that the games have
0: to be that i think yeah. that frankly 99.9% of these games are that and right. i like and i'm not trying to argue against like that that fact um i i think that it just is i don't think it's necessary for an idle game to only be about being more i think it can be like a puzzle or something that you can solve yeah or or i can't
2: think of and it have a, and <laughs> have an emotion you know? or an experience yeah, that exactly yes. there's no reason you can't have those things right i think that the where i differ from you because yep. i agree with you there's okay. no reason i think the, the reason i'm able to go a little further in my argument mm-hmm. is because i feel like the genre had its chance to prove me wrong oh okay and like
0: yeah, do you know what i mean yeah. Yeah. which
2: isn't to say that it they it can't things can't change yeah. Um, but it seems like we'd have we'd have at the ready one well, or two examples. Okay, by so now. so
0: so that's the thing is like I think that I uh, some of the games that I played long ago yeah. that were kind of like this a, bef- a little bit before a lot of these mobile games went in this direction. Sure. Um, I I played and enjoyed, and then it, it ended for me. Um, I don't know that they actually had con- like the candy box example I brought up long ago. Mm-hmm. Um. That ha- it felt like it hit you know you went until you got all the content and then there was no more content and then you would keep accumulating candy but like at that point yeah, it didn't matter yeah what's the point um and that's not an explicit ending like the game didn't tell you this is it now stop playing right um but it it you know I, I ran out of things to do and I suppose that's the argument that um Zachatar was was proposing yeah um and I think that can still because it's because it's not clear that there's an ending um and it's not explicit the player can still keep playing mm-hmm. and. Also, the player can still keep engaging in it in a way that is kind of different. But like, I think there is a difference between like an idle game and an incremental game that, that some folks in the Discord had brought up. Right. Because I think, uh, what was it? Unfolding? Mm-hmm. The Unfolding games mm-hmm. where the game kind of expands over time? Yeah. I think is the kind of curve that I think can be interesting and, mm. and fascinating where the game just like opens up over time and you have to engage with it actually slower due to the fact that things in the game take time. I don't know. I think that can be fascinating because I suppose it can like take up some of your mind space, but like you still can't do anything for 15 minutes. You need to wait for the game to for the counters to go up or whatever. Yeah. But in the meantime, like, I don't know, the game can change manipulate. You can see something happening on the screen or you can think about your next move. Um, for your next button press or something over the fifteen minutes mm-hmm. uh or what have you, I think that there is some potential there. I agree though that like j- like I think basically a lot of these games have just progressed into uh you know the uh skinner box
2: monetization things that uh yeah. that are really and, problematic and to to go back to that that g d c talk I mentioned in the yes. previous episode mm-hmm. from twenty fifteen I think the reason that that it has gone in that direction, yeah is because one of the first things he said is just like. You know, user retention is just off the off the charts with right. with this design, mm-hmm. and it, and that's what scared me a little bit. But that's kind of the point is like that's the reason why these inevitably go in that direction. But yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah. Theoretically, there's no reason yeah. you can't. And and, and, can and be, there's also, mm-hmm. I mean, I sort of speak a lot to this about games needing a point. Like yeah. that's a big thing of mine. Yeah. But if something is has dangerous uh, uh, engagement metrics and steals six hours of your life and you yeah. had some fun and yeah. then and then does end, yeah, that's just that's just like that is candy that is just yeah. that, that is it's fluff mm-hmm. that's fine right yeah. so it's it's not that like games have to uh, treat the experience more responsibly or they have to have an ending yeah it's they should do one or the other or yeah. it's yeah it's just that i don't know i've just seen too many examples yeah. and every everything that seems to be a little bit different mm-hmm. I'm like oh but no it's still well, just the right. same
0: and to your point a lot of what i'm talking about is theoretical i think I don't have the, I guess, the, the, the evidence, but I think there are like maybe a few games out there that are kind of like what I'm talking about. Yeah. But frankly, most, like I said, the ma- large majority of these games are like that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not arguing for those at all. Um, so to your point, like it's, it's hard to see the evidence because it's really not really there. <laughs>
2: um so yeah, yeah but i appreciate your openness to to say like it's not impossible mm-hmm. right yes and i and and it might sound like i'm saying that it is yeah and i don't think i am well, but i am getting kind of close yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's fine though
0: <laughs> yeah right. you gotta take a stand that's, that's, yeah that's
2: good. but you know i think it was mentioned in the discord conversation like mm-hmm. it extends to i mean i brought up civ specifically to talk yeah. about a game where we have not really talked about it as being something like this yeah but has a lot of the same markers absolutely and it's and and like it was discussed like things like MMOs. Or um, or like uh, um, uh, hero shooters or games that have seasons, things that go on and on, yeah. have a lot of the same things. Um, I think that they're a more satisfying experience for players and are less because they have. I mean, frankly, the numbers are there. Mm-hmm. They have less player retention yeah. than idle games do. Yeah, but they have a lot of the same things. Right. Um, and I do have the same criticisms. Mm-hmm. Um, of those things. Yeah. Um, I'm very critical of um MMOs in particular of of like de- being designed around. Keeping players going, mm. and 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 you have creative people doing cool, fun stuff. And it's the same with idle games. Like the thing I liked about Egg Inc. It's just funny as hell. It's like mm. very charming. Mm-hmm. It's the theme is really, really well done. It even ties into the sort of absurdist mechanics of it. So I think there's always important to recognize that like it isn't people out there scheming. Like yeah. people, they're they're artists. They're doing art. They're making cool things. Yeah. But it's in service of this model that I feel is is it's hard to redeem. Yeah. You know, yeah, but it's it's such a bigger topic, Ellen. Right? Like that's the reason you brought it back up is because right. it's so big, and we still haven't scratched the
1: surface. No, I still think we got. We actually did get to the second big question that I had, yeah. without actually stating the second big question, which was: are the issues with idle games an issue of kind or an issue of degree? Yeah, and uh, I don't think we landed on anything.
2: Well, where what what do you stand on? Because I think it was just me and Steven back and forth for the last couple of minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was.
1: Um, no, I think I mean I, I think you guys kind of both ended up in the same space. Uh-huh. Which is basically like, it can, theoretically can be done, but I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, and so now I want to go back and play some of the games that were mentioned in Discord to yeah. see if one of, any of those land where you think there is like, you know, you think that that's, there be dragons on the map of idol right. games. I, to me, I think it's an issue of degree, not an issue of kind, mm-hmm. right? Like if we come back to the ethics of it, like there are many, 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 many things where if you do it too much, it's not satisfying or actually yeah. bad for you. Yeah. Right? Doritos. <laughs> I will eat a whole bag of Doritos uh-huh. I should not eat a whole bag of Doritos yeah. I will feel bad I will feel very cheesy and I will love that but I will also feel <laughs> really disgusting if uh, I eat a whole bag of Doritos Right, right, right. um you know, it's like in reading too many books, staying up till 4 a.m., like I will feel tired. I will feel really good that I got through a lot of the book. And then I'll have to struggle to remember exactly what happened. And then I'll go back and reread parts of it because I don't remember. Yeah. And I'll feel tired, but I will have felt like really like good about it, mm-hmm. about reading the book. And I'll have this new plot line bouncing around in my head for a couple of days. And like you mentioned, like the MM- the MMORPGs, like MMOs and-, and so on and so forth using social connection right to keep people engaged yeah. these to me are these are products that are using your intrinsic human drives to capture your attention and hold it. Yeah. For what reason? Well, from an artist's perspective, it's to help you experience a thing. Mm-hmm. But these things don't exist outside yeah. of our capitalist society, right? Yeah. So the other reason is also to get your your money. right? And so I think the ethical thing to do is the same for any product that you're creating, which is to make sure that you're aware of that. And aware that those things can be – are coexisting and they are in tension Uh um, with each other and to make deliberate design decisions to keep them in balance, I guess, to the benefit of your player. That's the right thing to do. Now, sometimes like it's gonna be really hard to do that because you got like VP of the VPs going like the money Jeeves, but <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm yeah, not sure yeah. how to that, that's a different podcast. Yeah,
0: I, I I I right away in this topic I was like, we should just take money out of this because like right but it's you can't actually divorce yeah. all of the all of the things that are involved in why right. these games are designed the way they are. Mm-hmm.
2: I also think that we shouldn't be so quick to say the money people are the villains in yeah. this story. Yeah. Because I think everyone's the money people yes. eventually. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and, and also I, I think that the, like the thing that I've learned from researching the topic is just how easy it is. It's easy money. It's easy money. Mm, right. And it's not that people are like, like putting their fingers together and going, Ooh, easy money. Yeah. It's the, <laughs> like, it's hard to make games. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I, I don't I don't necessarily as, as much if I, I'm more quick to describe the design as evil yeah. than the like VP of marketing or the VP of development as evil. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. It, it, because like one, that's just they're doing their job. <laughs> right. Yeah, and sure. like and the, to, to feed their employees. Right? You mm. know what I mean? Like and so I think it is really easy for us as artists to to, to, to separate money. Yes and then also separate the money people and the money motives. Yeah. And that way we get to call all the evil, we get to blame all the evil things on the execs or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's as dangerous. Yeah. Um, oh, because yeah. It yeah, yeah. A lot of things
0: well, that's what there. I was going to say, yeah, is yeah. I feel like I was doing, I, I, I think by me saying that, I think I did a
2: bit of a disservice to the topic oh, at it. hand.
0: Oh, because uh, I think that it's, you can't really actually divorce yeah. those two things. It's
2: important that we did, though. Yes. I, I, I think for the purposes of the discussion that yeah. Ellen was trying to dig us deeper into, yeah. I think it was the right way to handle it. Mm-hmm. But also, to dovetail it back in to remind it that you can't actually exercise it fully. Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. So what I'm hearing is, the next time we revisit this topic, we uh-huh. need a professional ethicist and a professional economist to we, help us really bring this <laughs> deal close. We've been that for a
0: long time, I guess. Huh?
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you have any suggestions for those people, yeah. you can have on a panel. Uh
2: huh. I, I come I to it, Discord. <laughs> I would love to have a panel to do that. Mm-hmm. But I will stand up and say that there are some things you don't need that expertise to recognize. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in both economics and in ethics. Yes. And so I don't. I I I don't think it's. I don't think it's fully responsible of us to say that it's a que- it's a question ultimately left to others. Yeah. No, for sure. But it is um, it is important for us to. And I think what you're trying to imply is that we are not the ones to answer the question fully.
1: I for everybody know, else yes. drink drink deep <laughs> yeah. little knowledge is a dangerous thing right mm-hmm. we are just like trying we're just trying to figure our way around this topic mm-hmm. as designers because we want to do it ethically right yeah I guess to you know to kind of bring it to a close I'm thinking of these mechanics and these dynamics that are present in idle games kind of like it's just another tool right but right. it's like yeah. you have let's say you have 27 house plants. And <laughs> let's just
2: let's just imagine someone. Let's
1: just imagine someone with twenty-seven house plants, uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, you
2: know, a, a hypothetical co-host of ours.
1: Right? Maybe they maybe they co-host a podcast. Maybe they co-host a podcast. Um, so they have all these tools that they use to keep yes. their various plants healthy, right? Uh-huh. They have like some you know special water that the one plant really likes, and they have some fertilizer and some like little supplements and things that they add to the plants. And sometimes the plants get bugs on them. Mm. So, what do you do when you get bugs? Okay? There are some things you can do that don't involve pesticides, and there are some things that do involve pesticides mm. and potentially in your you know in with your particular challenge that you are facing, whether it's you know actual bugs or real bugs or you're trying to you know create games and make a living from it yeah like you can use tools that when used improperly are harmful like right. if you use pesticides in an improper way it says it right there on the bag like you can harm the environment you can harm the people in your house you can harm your pets you can harm the bees that help provide you with food like this is a tool set think about how you're supposed to how you're going to use it responsibly and i think yeah. that makes sense because like as we said when we were shutting this topic off like there is a person on the other end of the keyboard right. or the phone or whatever and they are giving you their attention and their trust yeah. and so you have a responsibility you have a responsibility to help them engage with it in a way that's that's fun and healthy and sustainable right um, and to just, examine
2: what what did they consent to
1: right exactly yes. and let that get, and, and continually revisit that yep. right just right. like you know okay i read the thing on the back of the package once and i'm i'm good to go for insecticides mm-hmm. no like i will con- you know Every time I apply it, I'm going to take steps to make sure that I'm applying it appropriately because I don't want to do harm. Yes. Yeah. I do have 27. It's me. You guys, it's me. Ooh,
2: mystery solved.
0: (laughs) Y'all thought it was me, didn't you? Ha ha. No, it was Ellen.
1: Eventually, I'll get you, Steven. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Dang it. She is coming for me. (laughs) That's our show. For show notes and links on today's topics, go to our website, NiceGames.Club. Visit us on Twitter at NiceGamesClub, where Dale tweets about game dev resources and the Wendy's Direct. These are games from the Caribbean. It's really cool. We like hearing from you, so tweet back or email us, contact at NiceGames.Club. Nice Games Club is on Patreon. Support the show and get stuff. Sign up at Patreon.com NiceGamesClub. And if you want to keep things more casual, just stop by NiceGames.Club slash Discord and say hello. So, until we start again, remember to... Play
1: nice and make nice.
2: Okay, hold tight for editing. I'm gonna there. Okay, okay. Is cool. it better? Yeah, it was doing like a white noise kind mm. of thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. All Without right. the white noise, I can't like tell if it's on anymore. <laughs> I might
2: be able to trigger it back. There. Now there it, it is. Yep. There it is. Yep. Now it's gone. Oh, that's spooky. Well, it sucks for whoever's ha- ha- editing this.
1: The microphone is haunted. <laughs> oh my
2: gosh. Uh. All right, we're moving on. Okay. Uh, moving on. It's uh, nice. Nice to have something for the end of the show so early in the show. Yeah. <laughs>